Welcome back to another episode of the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. This is Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former UC basketball player from 1997 to 1999 under the legendary coach, Bob Huggins. I was fortunate enough to wear the iconic Jordan brand unis during my time. Now, you can follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter and Instagram, at Alex underscore Meacham. Meacham is spelled M-E-A-C-H-A-M. I'm also on Facebook and LinkedIn, Alex Meacham. I'm on Snapchat, Big Meach 41 And now, I can officially say this, on season two, I am now on TikTok, at Alex Meacham 41 This is a special edition of the podcast, my interview series with a very special guest. Bearcat fans. Excited to welcome in this next guest. He is a Cincinnati legend that comes from an iconic Cincinnati family. Played football and basketball at Moeller High School, starred at Xavier University, has his number 23 jersey number retired, is in the school's Hall of Fame, and serves as Xavier's color commentator for the radio broadcast. I call him the Xavier Goat. And I'd like to welcome in my guy, number 23, Byron Larkin. What up, Goat? What's up, Alex? How are you, man? How are you? I'm doing very well, man. I just want to tell you that, and and this is a Bearcat-specific podcast, but I want uh-huh. to let all the Bearcat fans know that you are one of my favorite all-time guys. You are so genuine and have always been very kind to me, and I appreciate that. Well, I appreciate that, Alex. I feel the same way, man. You're you're good. You're good people, man. You always have been ever since I first met you. You were probably a, you were a freshman. You know, I think you were maybe a freshman in high school. You were about five three and about fifty pounds. Then the next time I see you, you're all bolo and every you know, and uh, it's amazing the transformation you made physically. And I'm just proud of 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 the man that you've become mentally, spiritually, and the kind of person that you are. So anytime that you ask me to do anything, Alex, man, I'm there because you're such a good person, man. And for the record now, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I have, you know, my interest when I was in high school was, mm-hmm. was to go to UC. I used to go to UC games all the time when they were in the Metro conference whoa, whoa, before, wait, wait, before any, this. yes, before any school recruited me, there was a guy who worked for UC. His last name was Kelly. He was in the administration. And uh, Jim I, Kelly? I think it was Jim Kelly. Yep. Mm-hmm. And me and my mom used to go to games down at Cincinnati Coliseum downtown when they were in the Metro Conference. And I believe Coach, uh, maybe, I don't know if it was Coach Yates or who was the coach before Coach Yates? Um, uh, uh, he uh, was in the pro, uh, he was in the pros for a while. Um, it was, uh, <laughs> God, you caught me off guard. Just yeah, was it? Yeah. Junker was the coach. Not Junker. No. Oh, oh, um, uh, Gail Catlett. Gail Gail Catlett? No, it was after. There was another guy after him. There was another guy after Gail Catlett and before uh, uh, Coach Yates. But anyway, I used to go down to see the Bearcats play Virginia Tech, Memphis. I used to go, me and my mom, we used to go down to get, and I'd sat behind the bench. And I, I, I loved the Bearcats growing up, and 
Then when I came up as a high school oh, wait player. A Ed Badger. Ed Badger. Ed Badger. Ed Badger. That's right. Ed Badger. Yep. Yep. I'm sorry. Yep. 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 Ed Badger. I would get tickets and I would go and see them. This was probably my freshman, beginning of my freshman year in high school. And yeah, they were, yeah, that, that was my first love right there. I was a big bear. Uh, met the Metro conference, man, that was, that was, those are some good basketball. And I used to go to all the games. And then, you know, when I came up, you know, um, the, it, it didn't work out, but anyway, I've always been a big Bearcat fan. My sister, my oldest sister went there and graduated mm-hmm. from there. So it's, uh, I got a lot of love for, for the Bearcats. My daughter graduated from there. So it's all good. We listen. We would have loved to have you wearing a red and black, but it turned out very, very well for you. It did. Xavier. It did. Very it did. well. Now, now, how long? I want to ask you two, two parts of this. How long uh-huh. have you been doing radio? Uh, this is my twenty-second year doing radio. Wow. <laughs> I know. I'm an wow. old dude. So yeah, it's uh, something I really enjoy doing. Uh, because it kind of keeps you young. It keeps you connected to the game. I, yeah. In the morning of the game I, I get excited like when I play like hey and I, I, I get I, there's a big game something big is happening today but I yeah. just don't have the don't have to worry about the performance like I used like all the pressure that I used to put on myself you know uh, and yeah. having to juggle school and trying to do well and all the pressures and you know how that is being a, a D1 guy uh, but uh but I really, really enjoy doing it. I, I love broadcasting for Xavier and love broadcasting with Joe Sunderman, my partner, who he's been my partner. Yep. He's been doing games for 40 years. And, uh, yeah, so it's <laughs> yeah, it's a labor of love, man. We both both bleed blue, no doubt about it. And and you guys do a great job. And, and like, yeah. prior to the Crosstown shootout, you know, I'm driving in my car, you know, going mm-hmm. from one work thing to the next, I can't catch Savior on TV, so I tune in on on the radio and listen to to you and Joe. And you guys have just great chemistry. And at one point, you guys did an interview together. I don't know, I don't know if you did it through Xavier or what it was on, but you guys talked about your relationship and your friendship. I thought that was just it was so well done. It was so good. You know what I'm talking about? Which interview? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I do. We we've done multiple ones over the years because we've been together for so long. But you know we are you know not only broadcast partners but we're the best of friends. I mean we go on vacations together. I mean we wow. he, you know we we we've been to each other our kids' weddings and you know baptisms and all of that. You know our wives are best of friends and. You know, it has just uh, been a, a wonderful long-term relationship. I mean, if anybody knows Joe Sunderman, I mean, you talk about good people. I mean, he is the Man. best. He is a saint. He's a giant saint, but yes. he is a saint and, uh, you know, just the nicest person that you ever want to meet, a, a great friend. And uh, he's, he's he's great at what he does. And, uh, you know, it's it's fun having him as my partner. You know, so last year at the Crosstown uh, shootout, the uh, Skyline Chili VIP, I guess it was a dinner um, last year down at the downtown Skyline. So Coach Brandon and Coach Dale are there. So I walk in, and one of the, the, the first tables that I see is, is Joe, and Joe's sitting there. And Joe sees me, hey, come here, come here, have a seat. And we talked for 15, 15 minutes. I didn't even walk around and talk to anybody else. Talk to him for 15 minutes. Just a really pleasant guy to be around, and like like yeah. you said, just great, great person. Yeah, now, he knows how to treat people. Oh yeah. Now, how how did you get into? I've heard fascinating stories of mm-hmm. 
like former players, especially at your level of, of play, that got into radio. You know, I once talked to Clark Kellogg, and he was telling me how he got into radio because he got injured in the pros, and they actually uh-huh. asked him to do a couple broadcasts, and he didn't want to hmm. do it originally. So it's just there's <laughs> been a lot of different ways. You know, on, on the Bearcat side, you've got Terry Nelson, who does such a great job. But how did you get into it? Well, uh, that's a good question. I um, like when I first got out of Xavier, I uh, played basketball overseas for like six years. I took a year off, went back to school and got my master's degree. And then um, but but when I was in school, the coaches used to talk about like former players coming around and they were trying to motivate us as players. there, saying, hey, you see that guy sitting up in the stands? he'd kill himself to be back in your shoes. So make the most of it. I never wanted to be the guy up in the stands that he was talking about, man. So I kind of, kind of stayed away a little bit while Mm -hmm. I kind of tried to do my thing and establish my thing. And, uh, but uh, I think the, the year before I did it, uh, my first year broadcasting, Walt McBride was the broadcaster and he was, yeah, yeah. And, uh, him and, uh, Joe Sundermans were, Joe Sunderman did the games and then Walt couldn't do it anymore. And, uh, um, and then they asked me to, to interview. So I had, uh, you know, they, they set up a simulation of a game on a, Mm -hmm. on the TV and they had the recording video the recording, um, uh, equipment there and Joe was sitting there and they were like, all right, we're going to record you. This is your audition tape. So hmm. I said, okay. So I they hit play and Joe and I talked about basketball and, you know, after, after that, uh, Bill Cunningham was a program director at 700 WW. Yeah. He called me and said, Hey, Byron, we like what you did. We like for you to, to be our guy. And mm-hmm. the rest is history. 22 years later. Wow. That's yep. awesome. Yep, that's, yep, yep. That's fine. That's good stuff. It's just always yep. amazing to hear how people got into, you know, different things. So that's that's great. And your your record against the Bearcats in the shootout, correct me if I'm wrong, three and one? Yes, oh, sir. Three and oh three. yes. Yes, sir. <laughs> and the one the time we lost. Okay. I don't know if you remember Joe Stiffen. <laughs> Joe Stiffen is six foot two power forward. He was <laughs> a tank. Leader. He hit the only jump shot in his career <laughs> against us at the buzzer down at the Coliseum. I was you know, I I was there too. I my my heart dropped out of my chest at the time, but it was a big shot and he hit it and that's the uh I think that was the that was the only time we lost in in the in the shootout. But but shootout, man, those were those were fun and we you know, we were 3 and 1 and I'll always remember every one of those games cuz it's you know it's just a special game. I mean, it you've is. been in it, you know, yep. Alex. You know what it's like to to be in you know in that inner circle of, of what it's like and what it takes and all the preparation and the build up and all that. It's it's a super fun game, and that's why you go to college, man. You go to college to play in those rivalry games, playing the yep. NCAA tournament. You know, the, the the only thing bigger than that is an NCAA tournament game. For sure. And yeah, no so it's 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 special and uh it's a special thing we have in Cincinnati and I hope it it always it, it it's always there because it's wonderful. And I feel like each 
each game each year is just so very different. There's something there's something so different about each game. And and this year no different. I mean, this is one of the more bizarre ones because of going through the COVID that, you know, I would say that a lot of the times in the crosstown shootout, if you're playing at Fifth Third Arena or at the Centos, there is a definite home court advantage because of the crowd and just the atmosphere. And now, you know, they're playing this past Sunday with with only 300 people. I mean, it's such a – I will always remember this game just, just for that alone besides, you know, the 77-69 score. This is so different. Now, were you there? Doing the broadcast? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We were there. We were there. We uh, the plan this year is for us not to travel to any away games, but because gotcha. this was so close, they accommodated us and 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 Joe and I. Yeah, we were there. We were there. We yeah, and it was a different environment, yeah. no doubt about so from, it. From your seat, give us give us the difference. Like just what do you feel like the energy was? Obviously, the energy is always high just because the guys you know are competitors, but I mean, how much of a different feel was it just sitting there, not having that? Oh, it was. Oh my gosh, it was 180 degrees different. Mm -hmm. I mean, the game might have went the other way had there been a bunch of the the normal crowd there, because there's so much intensity, so much, uh, so much fire and emotion in that game, and it, it benefits the home team. Because yeah. you you yeah, know because sure. because the crowd is so activated and so involved on every every you fight for every inch on the court. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, at one point, not last year's shootout, but maybe it was five or six six years ago. It was in the Centos Center, and there was a loose ball, and it got it got fumbled around. At one point, there were ten bodies laying on the floor. <laughs> I mean, going for the basketball, and that's how intense that and how much each team wants to win that yeah. game. That's for what sure. it's about, man. I was like, I cannot believe what I'm looking at right now. Right. I mean, there were ten bodies trying to get the basketball. At one point, everybody was was on the floor. So, yeah, it was uh, it was very different. Um, and you you have different. I think the personalities um, inflame the 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 uh, the crosstown shootout. The intensity, you know, from Bob Huggins and, and Mick Cronin to you know Pete Gillen yep. and, and you know and Chris Mack and and JP Mercura, you know, and, and you have guys on each team that that are really polarizing, you know, yep. on each side that you either love them. Or you hate them, you know. Oh, you love them no if question. they're on your side. <laughs> you yeah. hate them if they're on the other. That's just the way it is. But Absolutely. you know, people have to realize that this is a game, and you know, both teams prepare the same way for mm-hmm. every game. Uh, this game is just a lot. There's a lot more intensity from the outside than uh, what what what's going on inside. But you know, they they. they They'll scout the same way. They still prepare the same way, and you know it's it's usually a player's game. And you know, last year I think it was Najee Marshall who just put on a show, yeah. you know, thirty-one points, and he single-handedly kind of took over the game. This year it was more Paul Scruggs. You know, yep. Paul 
Paul had an unbelievable game, you know, 20 points. He, he didn't miss a free throw. Um, so, but, but relative to the crowd and uh, I really miss the intensity because there's nothing better than winning on the road in college basketball. And if you can beat a rival on their mm-hmm. floor, it's even, oh. even, it, it, it it's just yep. galvanizing and there's nothing better, but it was, it was very, a, a very muted atmosphere um, the other day, but you know, that's just kind of what we're living in. I, I was just happy that we had the game because, yeah, you know, true. given, you know, the situation with, you know, COVID-19 and the pandemic that we're going through that any day there could be a positive test and they're going to shut, shut you down. So, yep. um, yep. you know, Xavier's been lucky that they haven't experienced too much of that. And, you know, they had some issues on their team where they had to quarantine a couple players that happened to come back uh, right for, before the crosstown shootout. But, you know, I was yep. happy that the game got played and it was muted. It was still intense, but it, there, there'll be an asterisk by this game, no doubt about it, <laughs> because it was, it, it was a shootout, but it wasn't a shootout. Right. You know what I mean? Right, so. right. No, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. okay, so let me ask you this then. So what were your thoughts going into the game versus what, maybe actually happened in the game, you know, so you, you thought, okay, the game could possibly go this way. So what, what were you thinking going into this game versus what actually happened? Well, I guess I was, you know, uns- I was, there was an un- uh, unknown factor when I looked at UC. Cause usually when you play the Bearcats, it's a time of the year where they've at least played a couple games and, yeah. you know, I, I'll watch them and, I, you know, I was just like, well, I know they played uh, before they played against, um, who was it before they played Xavier in their first game? Lipscomb. Lipscomb. Uh Yeah. And I saw the, saw the the box score and I saw that they, they trailed for like 29 minutes of that game. And I know they had a bunch of new players. So I, there was an unknown factor. I just didn't know what to expect from, from UC. I did know that they had, you know, Chris Vogt, who was real, who had a real good shootout last year. And Keith Williams is just a freak of nature, you know, athletically. I remember over the summertime, he put his name in the NBA draft and I was like, yeah, please go, 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 you know, go get money, man. But then when he decided to come back, I was like, dang on it. Because he is, he's a scary, he's, he's so good. He's scary. Um, So, I mean, and I know Mike Adams Woods was, you know, he was a good player, but I know that they missed a lot, you know, you know, Trey Scott and, you know, and Jalen, I mean, Cumberland, I mean, those those guys were, were, were unbelievably good players. And I thought last year's team was outstanding. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I was glad to see those guys graduate, you know, selfishly, but going <laughs> into this game, I, I didn't know what to expect from UC. I did know obviously what to expect from Xavier because they had played five games Mm -hmm. and uh, the first game was a blowout against Oakland and then they had two nail biters uh well three nail biters kind of if you will and then then another game where they they won kind of handily so I think the difference in that game was that fact that Xavier had played five games they knew what they have and UC didn't. UC only played one game, and that was the difference because John Brandon is a, a really good coach, but he 
you don't know what you have until you're really challenged. I mean, you can't simulate uh, a situation where where you're nervous and you're, you know, the game is hanging in the balance. You don't know how guys are going to react. You know, Coach Brandon doesn't know who to trust down the stretch when it's, mm-hmm. you know, in crunch time. Uh, he will, but the only way you get that is through having, you know, having games and playing games. And I thought the difference in that game was what Xavier was able to do was, and and I chalked that up to their administration, uh, AD Greg Christopher, Mario Mercurio, um, they were able to pivot from, because initially they were supposed to be in a tournament down in Orlando. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. It was, you know, I think you know, Gonzaga was in that, Michigan State. There were some big-time players, big-time teams there. So then, you know, a couple of the pro of the tournaments got, um, you know, got, got canceled, and Xavier was like, hey, we need to pivot quickly. And they were able to um, – they were going to call – they were going to play Oakland anyway. And then Oakland was able to hook them up with Bradley. Bradley was able to – to connect them with Kent State, next thing you know, you have a three-game, three-day event at home. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, you know, and uh, it was it was wonderful uh, for Xavier because they got to play, you know, at least two really good quality opponents, and they were challenged, and it worked out great. It gave them experience. It gave Travis a chance to acclimate to the, his new players and this new – uh, this new dynamic, and they had experience, and UC didn't, and I thought that was the difference in the game. Frankly. I one, 100% agree with you, and I even tweeted that out. And I know, you know, some folks will say, "Oh, that's an excuse," and I was like, "No, it's 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 facts because, you know, when you're in a game and you face adverse situations, you can't duplicate that sometimes in practice." It has to happen in the game. And Xavier having those three games that they had adversity, but they won. So yeah. I, I think those three games were huge for Xavier to face adversity but still find a way to win. And, and, and that's key. Now, for the Bearcats, I saw some good things. I mean, I really did see some good things from this team. Obviously, Coach Brandon is still trying to find his rotation, who can do what. What was your impression of the Bearcats team? Um, boy, I really like David DeJulius. Yeah. I mean, the point guard, the transfer from Michigan, boy, he seems like a leader, uh, a guy who does a great job guarding the ball. Uh, he, he really kept, I thought he made a lot of big buckets in that, in that Xavier game. No yeah. doubt about that. Uh, Keith Williams, you know, I, I thought he was going to have 50 points when he started the game because he scored the first <laughs> I'm like, oh man! Somebody deny yeah. him the basketball. That's old school, right. man. They don't deny anymore. They play pack line. <laughs> my old when I was playing, coach would have had timeout. Like you can't let him touch the ball because yep. he's too good. But yep. you know they don't do that now. I'm old school. I know. But anyway, but Keith <laughs> Keith started. I thought he, again. I thought he was going to score all the points. But um, he was he was terrific. Um, I think down the stretch, him missing the free throw. It, it was anybody's game, Alex. Yeah. I mean. There were 17 lead uh, lead changes in that game, 11 ties. So it was back and forth, and it was down the stretch. You know, Xavier got got lucky at the end. 
um, by, um, you know, Keith Williams missing, missing those free throws in a critical point. He, I think he missed like four in a row yeah. or, or, or three out of four. Uh, Xavier was able to come down and score and then salt it away at the free throw line. Uh, Chris Vogt, Chris, Chris is a very good player. Uh, he obviously shoots what, 64% last year from the, from the field. I mean, he's big as a mountain. Yeah. But it's different this year for him because, you know, it's easy to be effective when you're the third person on the scouting report or the fourth person on the scouting report. You know, it's, you know, I say it's, it's easy when you're a steak dinner and you're the, the vegetable. But man, it's different when you move over and now you're the steak and yep. you're like, Hey man, that there's a lot more responsibility there, buddy, with that. Yep. You know, you gotta bring it, you know. So 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 now Chris is 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 moved up on the scouting report and they're gonna play him a little differently. Uh, you know, him being last year he could just kinda hang out because, you know, Cumberland, Trey Scott, all those good players, they were like, Well, we gotta handle Chris, but we got to handle all these other guys first. Mm-hmm. This year, he's yep. the second guy on the scouting report. You know, yep. behind Keith Williams, you you got to find a way to deal with Chris and and Chris and 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 rap those guys. That's an interesting dynamic on how yeah. uh, Coach Brandon's going to work those guys because they're both big. Um, they're slow. And, yeah, <laughs> they're, slow they're slow foot. foot. So what Xavier did. They just put the big the big guys in ball screen. Like, okay, you know, we'll 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 see. We're gonna make you move your feet. So, um, so I think you know, Coach Brandon's got to figure out how he's going to play with those two guys. Maybe play a little different. Maybe play zone or 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 what. But I'm I'm sure a lot of teams that play against the Bearcats are gonna gonna look to try to exploit them on defense with their mm-hmm. their footwork. Uh, but offensively. You know, Chris is a good player. I mean, he, he, he they need to get him the ball. Um, oh, rap, sure. I'm not sure. Rap is a typical Euro guy, man. He just wants mm-hmm. to catch face up and shoot fadeaways, <laughs> jumpers, and he can be nine feet tall. All the Euros want to play like that. Um, yes, they do. We'll pick him so, tall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I understand he was the player of the year in the Patriot League, and, and 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 that's great, but this is not Colgate what he's about to face. I mean, right. Memphis and Houston and SMU and Wichita State. These guys are are going to come and hard. So, um, I, I think you see still there's that that unknown on what they have and how how things are going to going to kind of work out. You know, I was I was surprised that Zach Harvey wasn't part of the rotation because I know. I mean, he was like a top 50 recruit coming out of high school. And, yeah. you know, I don't know what's going on with him, but, you know, I, I, I think that they would need some wing scoring. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and maybe him or, or maybe one of the freshmen, uh, uh, one of the twins, maybe, you know, they can provide something, but I think they need better, better like balance in their scoring because Keith Williams was making some shots, but, and uh, he's going to need some help on the perimeter. Yeah. And uh, I think David DeJulius is more of a driver. So I, I would think, you know, I think they would need some – their weakness might be on the wing, scoring from the wings. I think they got really good guards, mm-hmm. Micah Adams-Woods and DeJulius and Chris down low and Q 
Keith is is really really good, their best player, but you know they're going to need somebody else to 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 give them balance on the wing, and I don't know who that that is yet. So in, in taking all that you just said, it's right back mm-hmm. to your original point, and that is that was UC's second game. A lot of those mm-hmm. unknowns aren't figured out yet. Coach Dill doesn't know his rotations, doesn't know who to play in certain you know moments, and you know I know he put Mamadou in in a stretch just to kind of give a, a a different look and just different things. He's in, and the tough part is you're trying to do that in your biggest rivalry game of the year, yeah, and yeah. that's 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 tough to do. But let me let me segue that to mm-hmm. to jump into the coaching aspect. So Coach Brandon and Coach Deal. Now I've known Coach Deal for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. You know, knew him back in in Indiana um, as an assistant at Xavier, and now as the head coach. <clears throat> he is he is really really a great person. And one of the things that I love, and I'm I'm Bearcat through and through, and mm-hmm. I, I think everybody knows that. But it's really I think it's great to have two really good young quality coaches coaching the Bearcats and the Musketeers and fans on Twitter, I think we're in the same boat with Xavier and UC in that they're not giving these guys, they don't understand. You have to give these guys a chance to build their program. Even though Travis Steele was an assistant coach under Mac for years, that doesn't mean it's going to be, the next year he's in the Final Four winning champion. It's a process to get your system down, get your guys in. You go from being the good cop to, in some ways, the bad cop. So you go from sit, sitting to standing. And those yep. are two different things. So, <laughs> yeah. so Xavier fans are telling me Steele's not the guy. Blah, blah, and I'm like, that, first of all, I think you're wrong. Secondly, you haven't given him a chance. Brandon, yeah. you know, he's dealt with a lot with his father and COVID, you know, dealing with COVID. And, and, and Bearcat fans after the Xavier game, he's not the guy. And I'm like, how do you know this? Give me your perspective on that, both Brandon and Steele and just that whole dynamic. Well, you're, you're absolutely right, Alex. Uh, I think one of the reasons why fans are so quick to jump on and off a coach on both these programs because the predecessors were so successful. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Mick Cronin at UC was uh, I thought was un, was an unbelievable coach the consistency that mm-hmm. they had but did he go to the NCAA 9 years in a row he had a good, like, he had a good run it was crazy the yep. consistency they won whatever league they were in every year yep their yep. defense would make teams look stupid every year one of the best teams in the, and, and and it didn't seem like, but you would hear, oh well, he's not winning in the NCAA tournament a lot, you know, or enough. Mm-hmm. So there's yep. there's always a a but, you know. Um. So so I think that's the reason why so many UC fans are quick, you know, when there's a loss to say, oh, you know, Coach Brandon's not the guy, because of what they're used to, the standard of what they're used to, the yep. same way at Xavier. Chris <laughs> yeah. Mack, Xavier's best coach in the history of Xavier. Mm-hmm. You know, he took them to the heights that Xavier's never seen before. Mm-hmm. The, he's got the most wins in the history of, of any Xavier coach. Mm-hmm. Coach Dill comes in after him. You know, he loses a, a couple games, and they're like, oh, he's not the guy. He's not the guy. Well, the thing relative to Xavier is, you know, in, in both schools, one, they're, they're used to winning, and two, it's a different job now, at least for Xavier. 
because when Chris Mack took over, Xavier was in the A-10, and they were getting all the best recruits, okay? They would not lose recruits to other conference uh, members. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't lose to, you know, to Temple or, or, or these other schools that were in the conference. Travis Steele takes over. Xavier's in the Big East. It is a whole different yeah. Different job, man. You're 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 losing recruits to Villanova, to Georgetown, to it's just a different level. And Xavier fans are not used to that. And as a result, that's why it's harder to build to have that winning tradition that was established by the the, the predecessor, uh and, and Chris Mack in this you know, in this case. So that's why I think, you know, that people are so quick to jump on these coaches mm-hmm. now. But you got to give them a chance. You got to yep. give them time to get, one, get their guys in, yep. two, to, to, to implement their system. And that just doesn't happen overnight. You know, you have to build habits. You yep. That is built every day. It's just like hitting the nail, man. Every day you come in, you say the same thing over and over and over again to where, you know, your players are sick of hearing it, man. And then then it just becomes ingrained. I I still remember, you know, my coach, Pete Gillen, you know, before every practice, do the right thing or the seeds of destruction will always catch up to you. I'm like, oh, my gosh, would you please shut (laughs) up, you know, you know, and, you know, take a shot, you know, those things, they're formed just from repetition over and yep. over again. And you need to give these coaches chance, a chance to, to put in their system, to get their own players, and just understand that it, it takes time. And, you know, I think both of these coaches are, 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 are unbelievable. I know Coach Brandon really well because when mm-hmm. he was at Alabama yeah. yep. as assistant coach, he was recruiting my nephew, Shane. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and out of the blue, I was talking to Coach Brandon a couple of times a week for, for multiple weeks, and we were best buds, man. Yeah. You know, so, uh, and, you know, Xavier's coach against him when he was coaching at VCU. He's an assistant there, and he used to mm-hmm. always come over to Xavier, and him and Chris Mack were best buds. So there was yep. a connection there. I, at one point, I, before John got the NKU job, I thought he was going to come and work for Xavier because really? Chris, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a speculation of mine. Now, now, now John got the job, but uh, but yeah, he was he was over Xavier campus all the time. So, you know, I know John. He's a good person. He comes from a good family, and I understand he's been dealing with a lot in the last year with the death of his dad and and and, yeah. and, and you know all that. So I know he's a super nice guy. So yeah, I think we have two really good young coaches and a great rivalry. And I hope the fans will kind of understand that, you know, both these coaches need a little time to put their system in. And, 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 and I think uh, both schools are going in the right direction. No question. I I agree with everything you just said. Um, Quickly, um, your, your thoughts, expectations for Xavier's basketball team moving forward. I know the crazy thing is it's hard to even look forward when you don't know like UC plays Tennessee on Saturday or whatever. Tennessee, I don't think has played a game yet because it's, so, <laughs> so, it's just like you don't you don't know. But 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 know. what are your if things were were you know all good and they, they're mm-hmm. able to, to play? What are your expectations for the Saber team? 
Well, I, you know, it's, it's, it, I, I'm not exactly sure uh, <laughs> because their team has changed. Now, right before the UC game, they only had eight players because they had two players on, 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 who were on a COVID protocol. Uh, so they were not eligible to play the first five games. They did become eligible for UC. There was another player who had a waiver, the transfer from uh, Belmont, Adam Kunkel. He got his waiver the afternoon before the Crosstown shootout. So okay. now they go from eight players to 11 players, and a lot of those players are perimeter guys. They all have good feel. They all have uh, – they all can shoot the ball. So – I'm really excited about Xavier's future now that they have the team. They're they're the team that 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 they can put on the floor because they have a little bit of everything. You know, they mm-hmm. have you know have a good speedy point guard that can uh pressure the ball. They've got a lot of guys on the wing that have tremendous feel and shooting ability and IQ. And Travis talks about that a lot. Uh he's like, "Hey, this is a a team uh this is the model that he's been looking for ever since he got the job. He mm-hmm. wants big wings that have good, a good feel, uh, that are competitive, that will play hard, and that, that have high IQ. That was not the case last, with last year's team. Mm-hmm. You know, Xavier had – they can only win mm-hmm. one way. Uh, not a lot of basketball IQ, but they were just bullies. They just like, hey, they win because they're one of the best defensive teams and they can rebound and – we'll figure out the offense when we get there kind of deal. (laughs) That's not the situation with this team. This is a fun, a more fun style of basketball with with everybody, like almost all five players can kind of catch and shoot and face and, Mm -hmm. and, and, and be versatile. So I'm excited about it. You know, Zach Fremantle has really improved from last year, averaging seven points a game now, 17 points. He's, He's had a big, a big jump in his productivity. Uh, Kiki Tandy's been really good. You know, he's their second leading scorer. Both those guys were on the all freshman team. And then you got, you know, you got like five new players. And I think I'm really excited. I think they can get to the NCAA tournament. I, I think, uh, I think that um, Travis has has done a good job implementing his system Mm -hmm. uh, to the, to the team and they're taking to it and 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 this this program is is kind of formulating into what his vision was now and and it it's basically the Villanova model Villanova always has four or five wings that all catch and shoot and they have one big inside and, mm-hmm. and they're so good that they can switch like almost all five positions they can switch yep. ball screens because they're all tough. They're all six three, six four, six five, um, and you know that's the way Travis wants to play, and I think he finally has the personnel to do that. And you know, so w- with that being said, you know, even looking at the Bearcats with Coach Brandon, he has an idea of what he wants his system to look like, what he wants to program, the style of play, and all that, and and it's going to be different than Travis's style, and and you can you can do both and be successful. You know, it's like. One's not always better than the other. It's different. You know, you find a way that fits your coaching style. And at the end of the day, um, you know, I I remember speaking to Coach Brandon when he got the job. And he spoke to me about a couple things that he really wanted to focus in on for for the Bearcat basketball program. Um, He wanted to get some more shooters. 
He wanted to improve offensively. But most importantly, what I really loved was his business plan every single year to use the regular season and part of that conference tournament play to help prepare you for the NCAA tournament and that run because so many teams and coaches are judged on that NCAA tournament run. And I feel like, you know, Travis and even Coach Brandon, the formula of what they're putting together is to have their kids ready for March and to make a big run. Yeah, it's it's I mean that's what it's all about. I mean, you want to you you theoretically you want to be playing your best basketball at the end of the year. Right. Uh and you want to kind of it's a build, it's a slow build and you know, I think you want to challenge your team uh in the non-conference uh to get to to get it ready for um conference play and then theoretically peaking at the end of the season where, you know, where you're ready to go into the NCAA tournament possibly. And, and when you're, when you're league comp, you, you want to win championships, uh, yep. league titles. And UC did that last year. You know, they were on their way to the NCAA tournament and yep. had an outstanding, outstanding run at it. I mean, and, and you look at, you know, I, I like the, the schedule that UC's playing out. They play, Wednesday against Furman, and sometimes there's a a crosstown shootout hangover game. Yep. You don't want that against Furman because Furman is one of the top mid majors in the country every year, and they're very very good. And after that, you know, I'm just looking at the looking at the schedule. They got Then they go to Tennessee on Saturday, Mm -hmm. um, and they play at Georgia. So. You know, one thing I like about John, he's not afraid to play anybody, and uh, no that'll question. get you right, man. That'll get you those those tight games, especially on the road. That's when you learn, man. That's what you learn, what you really have. You know, when everybody's against you, you know, it seems like the refs are not giving you the calls, and you know, you're on the road and everybody's freaking out. You got to calm your guys <laughs> down, man. Yep. <laughs> you're laughing because yep. you've been in those huddles. You know what it's like. It, it's it's crazy. It's 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 chaos. It's controlled chaos. Mm-hmm. But to be able to win those games on the road, it's it is just so galvanizing and it so brings your team together because it's. It's the eight of you plus your managers and your assistant coaches against everybody. And yep. against everybody in the building wants you to lose except them and it causes <laughs> you to stay together and it's 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 great. It's something that I miss as a player and uh you know, playing on the road there's nothing like it. So playing a good a good schedule uh is just really gonna help I think both teams I think it's gonna help uh you know, the Bearcats, because they need it. They need to play as many games as possible uh, because I know the, you know, their conference opener is right around the corner on uh, what, December 22nd. Coming really soon here. Now, hey, you you mentioned, you know, being in that huddle and you missed that. I know you still play basketball. You have a birthday coming up. You'll be 24 plus plus, plus 31. (laughs) Wow, that's awfully – that's awfully nice of you. Oh, man, you do your homework, dude. You're, you you don't look fit. You don't look fifty five. I you get, I don't. I feel eighty five inside, man. That's that's what I I, I, I age uh, on the inside. Who cares about the inside? As long as the outside looks good, man. There you that's, go. That's 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 the that's that's what I tell my wife all the time. So. <laughs> 
Absolutely. I'll occasionally run into somebody who said they played mm-hmm. pickup ball against you. And I'm like, uh-huh. this dude is timeless, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I still get out there and play. Now, I don't play with anybody. I just, you know, I just... I just like to play because I want. I like to eat. I don't want to be fat. Yep. And I hate the treadmill. And yep. that, that's simply it. I mean, so I, if I can do it, you know, I'm going to do it because I love the exercise. I love the sweat. That's something you know we've all done forever. Mm-hmm. And I'm still just a 54 year old kid. You know, as my wife tells me all the time. So yep. I just, I just, I love the exercise. I'm so used to it that, you know, and I just don't want to get on a treadmill. So if I can get up and down the court and play a little basketball, that's fine. I'm not playing any in any serious leagues or at night or anything. I, I've got a flexible schedule. I go and try to do something three or four times, three, at least three times a week mm-hmm. just to get the card, just the, the blood flowing. And it's a, a great game. And even when I don't play, I'll, I'll just go into the gym and, you know, try to make a hundred threes and, you know, chasing the ball down—that's a workout mm-hmm. in itself. I mean, basketball has yeah. has been my first love. I've been loving with basketball as long as I can remember. And uh, you know, for being able to still just shoot the basketball and and, and exercise at the same time—that's that's, that's kind of why I do it. Yeah, you know, it's 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 funny because like you look at yourself and being one of the the greatest to ever play at Xavier, and you still look great. It, it's I was talking to some UC fans a while back, and they were talking about, I'm not going to name the player, but one of the former Bearcat players who was just like, I mean, he was a physical specimen, looked great on the court. You look at him now today, and he's out of shape. And he and, he and I talk about it. I'm like, bro, you got to get you got to get in shape. And then when the you know fans see him, they're like, that doesn't even look like the same dude that was on the court. You know what I mean, and yeah, it, 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 yeah. and that you know, like like you and Ter- Terry still looks good. He hasn't you know ballooned up to, which is easy to do. I mean, it's yeah, easy, easy to, to do. do, especially for tall guys. You know, if you're tall, yeah. you put a little weight on. That's a long frame. You can be two thirty, two forty, two fifty before you know it, man. You know, yeah. from six eight or something like that. Yeah, it happens a lot. It's easy, nope. <clears throat> but nope. you know, something's gonna. Take me out in life, Alex. Man, I'm not going to eat myself into a gr- early grave, man. I'm just, I, I just, that just doesn't compute, man. If you know, and I'm just gonna, I'm gonna exercise and I'm gonna push myself away from the table. I, you know, and and I just, you know, I just, I, I see a certain players that I play with, and, and this guy that you know, he was our point guard. He basically doubled in size. I'm like, dude. Come on, man. That's yeah. just not healthy. That's you know, uh, you don't have good. to. I'm not saying play ball, but just exercise, get out and walk. And, you know, it's harder yeah. to do the older you get. But, yeah. you know, it's important. And, you know, I've been blessed enough to have some pretty good genes and have the flexibility that I can go and get a workout in yet still handle my business. So, you know, it's yep. good. Yeah. Hey, and, and, and last thing real quick, and I, I, would, mm-hmm. I would get blasted if I didn't ask you this question because, number one, mm-hmm. I'm a big Reds fan. My father is, too, and there are a lot of Reds uh-huh. fans in the city. How's Barry doing? <laughs> Thank you for asking. Barry mm-hmm. is awesome. He is a special assistant with the Reds. He has been for the last five years, so he's like mm-hmm. a roving instructor. He, um, you know, so he'll he'll go and, and work with some of the minor league players in every uh, city. He'll be at spring training and work 
with some of the guys on the major league uh, roster, and he he loves doing that. He loves mm-hmm. player development. He um and he lives in Orlando, and so he'll come in and you know work with some guys, and you know I'll get to see him as he passes as he passes through. He's like I'm here for a day, and I'll maybe yep. go see him play around the golf with him, and and mm-hmm. uh, other than that, he's at his you know palatial estate. In Orlando, every time I call him down there, he's either doing one or two things. He's like, oh, I just got off the golf course or, oh, I just got off my little fishing boat. So I'm restringing my, you know, my my, my fishing line. I'm like, well, Barry, be nice. with what you did, man, you deserve that kind of lifestyle, oh, man. Because 19 sure. years in the major leagues, you know, with the same team, he's, uh, you know, he's, uh, you know, he's only 15 months older than me. And I was there to see every bit and of his, you know, development. And we all as a family got to enjoy, you know, him playing with the, with the Reds for 19 years. Uh, you know, I've seen so many games, Alex, man, you know, that was so long ago. I'm still burnt out on Reds games, man. I'm like, nah, I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm good, man. I'll check them out on TV, but I don't need to go anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm so burnt out. I'm going to tell you what, though, you and your brother have, arguably the coolest picture of all time. Like if you think about a family, like when you think about pictures in, in, in people's houses, they're with their family, but that one of yeah. you and your brother in the uniforms down at, that was at Riverfront, yeah. right? Yeah, that, that was. Like cool, you agree with that, man? That's, that's oh man. The... Alex, I'm looking at it right now, man. It's up in my office oh, and uh, yeah, it's uh Greg Russ who was a Xavier photographer. He's uh, retired from Xavier now. That was all his, his idea. And it was, it was, you know, it's one of those things that I look at. I'm like, man, how long ago? That was back in like 1984. Uh, It was a long, long time ago, man. And it was, you know, it was a special time and you don't realize how special that was till you're older. And mm-hmm. you, you look back on it, so it was, it was great, you know, um, just just being in the city, uh, and being able to to watch him, uh, it was great. I remember I came back from freshman when he got called up to the Reds. Mm-hmm. I was because uh, Bear and I are only 15 months apart. I mean, we slept in the mm-hmm. same bed together growing up, man. I I remember he got hair on his legs, man. We're in the bed. I was like, man, move your move your legs, dude. That's <laughs> get out of me, you know. Right. I mean, because we were so close growing up, and uh, you know, I cried like a baby when he left for Michigan to go to college, you know, mm-hmm. just because we that was my guy, and yeah. uh, so we were really close, you know, not as close as we are today because he's got a family, I got a family, and. He's in Orlando, but I remember when I when he got called up for the Reds, I was in study hall at Xavier. I come back to the dorm and someone says, "Hey man, the Reds just called up your brother." And I just remember like I started sweating. I was so nervous for him. I was excited, but I was mm-hmm. nervous for him and it was just like it, it it's one of the best things I've ever been able to experience to have someone so close to you have the kind of success that he had and being able to do it in Cincinnati where, you know, he won, you know, he won a world series, an MVP, I mean, and still be the humble, you know, big brother that he has been to me is, uh, and it's been so good to my family and to everybody and the way he's handled 
all of his success with humility. Uh, it's just, it's just, it's just a blessing. It is. It's a blessing. No question. I, and I'm going to tell yeah. you this. So I have a top three Reds players of all time. Yeah. I, I, have, a, I have a top three. I'm going to give it to you. Okay. okay. Let's hear it. Your, your brother exists in that top three. Okay. I'm going to go, I'm going to start with number three, Dave Parker. The, oh, the yeah. The Cobra. Dave, yep. Dave Cobra. Man, Dave Parker was one of my favorites. I just, I don't know what it was, but just his, he just looked mean. Like, I've never <laughs> seen a baseball player look mean. Like, I was scared of that dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I heard just, he was a great athlete, great basketball player, too. That's I heard. What I, I eventually heard that. Yeah, and I know health-wise, mm-hmm. you know, he's yep. Um, yep. struggled a little bit. But then yep. um, number two is is your brother. Um, mm-hmm. your, your brother's definitely number two. And mm-hmm. his swag, man. His his the way he wore his hat, like yeah, just yeah. he he just he just had that swag. The only reason he doesn't get the number one spot is because um, Eric Davis will E-D. always be E D. Yeah, his batting yeah. stance, his bat. I tried to bat like that, and I <laughs> my baseball career ended because of Eric Davis. Because I tried to catch the ball and then snap slap my knee with the ball, and the ball would fall out, and the runner would make it to third. That was a problem, huh, Alex? <laughs> it was a problem. ED is the reason I never had a baseball career. So, but he's still. So, sorry to put your bro at two, but that's that's high. That's high. That's. Oh, that is a man. He'll take that, Eric. I I had the pleasure of knowing Eric as well, and. Uh, he uh well him and Barry played together and Barry used to work out with Eric and and uh in the off season back in LA and Barry uh-huh. told me that when Eric when Barry got up Eric was already established and he was kind of mentoring Barry and he says hey you going to come out in LA with me and work out Barry's like okay so Barry expecting to go out in LA and it's going to be a nice place to work out and a nice you know nice mm-hmm. manicure field yep he said it was like the Rocky movie. Like they like they went back to the hood, man. There was all kind of stones and and just all the, the infield was all nasty and boogered up. Barry's like, "What's this?" He's like, "Eric's like, yeah, this is where we put work in." So, yep. Yep. <laughs> but Eric was yep. a really, really cool guy and a big influence on Barry. So that's pretty that's good. Great. That's pretty. That's pretty good for your top three. You got two Cincinnati guys in there, so that'll work. Yep. Too. Oh. Yep. No, no, no question, man. Well, hey, yep. as always, man, I want to thank you for your time. It's very valuable and uh, your insight here. And even though you're Xavier guy, Bearcat fans will love to hear it. Uh, love to get you on again. We'll definitely catch up, man. I gotta, I gotta catch up with you soon here. We'll okay. Uh, sound good? My pleasure, Alex. You take care, All right. pal. All right, B. You too, bud. Take care, man. See you, buddy. All right, bye, bye. Yeah. Bearcat fans, I would like to welcome in my next guest who covers Bearcat football and basketball for the front office news. Last year, he had me on one of his blogs after Bearcat game, and I enjoyed it. And I think he does a great job covering UC sports. I'd like to welcome in my guy, JT Smith. How's it going, man? Going good, man. How you doing, Meech? Doing very, very well, man. Hey, we need to do another vlog, man. No, man, we definitely do, man. It was it was sweet. I had, I had a good time, man. I appreciate you, as yeah, always. No, was that after the Memphis game? I think so. That sounds about right. Yeah, it sounds about right, man. Because I think we talked about Penny a little bit, because I had talked with Penny prior to, and then 
wasn't there a press conference or something? I think you and Tim were talking about that maybe? Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, it was definitely a penny. Penny, uh, I think that was Penny Day. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and you know what? Um, you've got to have me on your podcast too. Oh, uh, for sure, man. Oh, oh, no doubt, man. We definitely, definitely gonna have you on there, man. Don't worry. Okay. It's it's like uh, it, it's like music. So you come on my album, I got to be on your album. So oh, for sure. <laughs> I'm on, that's that's how it works. So we're, we're gonna sure. make that we're gonna make All that right. happen. Oh, for sure. Don't even worry. We'll we'll uh, we'll put something together pretty soon because, uh, you know, the Bearcats are are starting this season. You know, two games in, got a couple coming up. Yep. Looks like uh, you know, conference conference play will be coming right around the corner. So, well, yeah, we'll yep. wrap about that for sure. Okay, good deal. Now, how long have you been covering uh, UC? Man, that's a good question. I want to say five or six years. I could okay. be short myself, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with yeah, I'm gonna go five or six years. Now, how tell everyone how they can access your content, the the different, right. you know, podcasts, writing, vlogs, and, okay. and also shout out your social media. All right, cool. Yeah, uh, follow me on Twitter at underscore jt underscore smith. Um, don't laugh at me about that because I'm a Smith. It's, it's hard to just get my my regular name. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And then also follow the site at uh, you know. Uh, thefrontofficenews.com just hit me up um, hit us up on there then also on uh, Instagram at frontofficenews and then you also can follow frontofficenews on Twitter the same way so either way it's going to be the same pretty much the same content for the most part and you'll be able to get you know your uh, your Bearcat sticks with me and then also uh, TFON on like Apple, Spotify, wherever um, podcasts are uh, potted per se, and uh, mm-hmm. just started that up. So make sure you guys you can follow me there and check me out and hear my annoying voice on there too. No, hey, the more <laughs> the more Bearcat content, the better. You know, well, one thing I've learned since doing this podcast is just what a great fan base we have with with Bearcats athletics and people just look, they search for content, they want to see articles, they want to hear perspective. So. Um, I'm glad sure. that you've had an opportunity to do that and have had success. Um, I think you do a great job too, as well. Appreciate so, it, Alex. Man, I totally appreciate it. Somebody, somebody with your uh, knowledge of the of the team and you know being around, you know, you got a a good uh, pulse of what's going on. So I totally, totally appreciate that, man. Yeah, all good, man. Now, hey, I, I do want to cover UC hoops. We're going to talk about okay. that in a, in a second, but. We've got to talk about the breaking news. Now, we're recording this on Tuesday. This is going to run tomorrow and Wednesday, so everyone will have seen this. But So the breaking news is the Bearcats versus Tulsa football game has been canceled. And the, the, the landscape of, you know, the Bearcat football program, JT, what does this mean for the Bearcats? Honestly, it – it kind of hurts them in the CP, you know, in the college football playoff um, mm-hmm. landscape to me personally, because right now, I mean, you know, tonight will be the college football, you know, playoff special per se. But right now, Tulsa is ranked 18th and 19th, like I think uh, 18th in the AP and 19th in the coaches poll. So it, it gives them a game, one less game against a ranked team. So with them being seven. I don't think they're going to move, but, you know, with so many heavy hitters in front of them, if they could have gotten two ranked wins against Tosa, I think it would have helped mm. them over, overall. 
But, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, they don't have to travel to Tulsa, and then they'll just play them. Honestly, they're probably, nine times out of ten, they're probably going to play them at, you know, Nippert next week. So, and that's because I mean, the, the, the higher-ranked team will, will get that championship game, correct? Is yeah, that how it yep. goes? Okay. Yep. So, with, with Tosa not playing, and I highly doubt they'll, you know, leak UC, you know, on that end. I mean, I would be super shocked. But, uh, I mean, that would be super crazy. But, I mean, that's just going to – I think that just hurts UC on that aspect where they could have got two top 25 wins. Because even if, you know, they beat Tosa, they would have beat Tosa, possibly beat Tosa, they had the opportunity to beat Tosa on Saturday. You know, mm-hmm. even if Tulsa dropped, you know, a couple, you know, spots, they still would have been able to play them twice in a row, which is super hard to beat a team twice in a row. But still, they would have yep. had the opportunity. So, no, no question. And I like these yeah. chances of winning on December nineteenth for them. Both teams are going to go into the game six and zero in conference play, so should be an yeah. exciting game. Um, what's your opinion on the football team getting into the playoffs? They've had a hard yeah. time jumping up beyond that seven. It's like they can't get through that that ceiling. Yeah, man, they're they going to need a lot of help um, just because the conference in general. And then it's just so many heavy hitters. But, I mean, it's not totally – I mean, it's, it's a possibility. Like, you know, like it's, there's a chance. It, remember, like, in the movie, like, oh, there's a chance. That's why mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, you see that. Because um, just to get into a quick breakdown of that, you got Alabama. Alabama is clear-cut, you know, right now, probably the best team in college football right now. Um but then they still have to play Florida in the in the, um, a, in the SEC conference championship. So, you know, UC needs Alabama to win. They can't afford to have Florida upset Bama because then it still might put Bama in. So um, they need they need. I know you're a Florida fan, so <laughs> <laughs> I, I was. I was keeping quiet for a minute. I, was to I know you're going to say that. something. I know. I'm it. I, 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 I follow. I follow stuff, Meech. But uh, yeah. <laughs> that's what I do now. No, but uh, <laughs> I know you're a Florida fan, so I know it hurts hurts you to hear this. Like they need Florida to lose, so they need Florida to lose. I know you don't want that to happen. Um, they got some ballers, I know, but UC needs Florida to lose. So I'm sorry, man. I got to break that to you. UC <sighs> needs. UC needs. We need to be Notre Dame fans now. So, like, that's yeah. the craziest thing ever. We need Brian Kelly to beat Clemson. That has to happen. <laughs> the irony. That's crazy, right? It is. So, it so there's is. two things we need. We need Bama, and then we need we need to be Brian Kelly fans again. And then also, it wouldn't hurt if you, Ohio State lost, but um, so that would give them a you know a heck of a chance, I think, to slide in. Texas A&M is kind of the wild card because they're hovering at five. But they got beat, I want to say. Didn't they get beat by Florida? Or did Bama uh, beat them? They, um, well, Texas A&M beat Florida beat earlier Florida, this okay. year. Yeah. They beat Florida, yeah. and then Bama beat Texas A&M, I want to say, by a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know how, they, how they'll look at them. But, you know, if that happens, if you you know, Bama beat Florida, and then, so that could move UC up to six, and then will they allow them – will they value UC beating Tulsa – you know, a top 25 team at home to win their conference. And then, you know, you see play quite a few top 25 teams, which a lot of teams haven't done really this year because of COVID. So um, yeah. we'll see what happens, man. They do have a chance. I mean, worst case scenario, they'll play a very good team in a New Year's Six Bowl, which is a yeah. heck, of a, heck of a consolation prize. 
and yeah. will give the school a lot of money and a lot of eyes. So we'll see what happens. I hope they can make slide into that top four, and that would be great, you know, if they win or lose. So we'll see what and happens. Let me, let me clarify something first, okay? I am a Bearcat fan <laughs> first and foremost. Now, to the Florida Gators, my yeah. brother – my brother has worked for the Florida Gators football program in the athletic department for over 21 years. My family lives in Gainesville. They are ingrained in the Gainesville community and Florida athletics. So that's my second favorite team. Okay. So, Makes sense. you know, and I, I can't, I cannot root against Florida, you know, even if it helps the Bearcats, I just keep a root for the Bearcats to keep winning. And I root for Florida to keep winning and hope everyone else loses. So we're going to leave it there. All right. All right. <laughs> One last question before we jump into basketball. Um, interested to hear your answer to this, if you have an answer. In your opinion, if you were to predict, how long do you think Coach Fickle will be the head coach of the University of Cincinnati Bearcats football team? Man, that is a tough one. All right. So the thing is, like, Fickle's a different guy, so I mean, one day he will leave. He just he's such a good coach, but I mean, Michigan State wanted him. Everybody knows that. Um, it pretty much messed their whole coaching search up because they couldn't get Fickle. And before you know this season, you know that was kind of like the whispering, like, okay, Michigan State comes calling. That's probably going to be where he goes. And he didn't go. Um, but he kind of, he's kind of a guy that can see stuff like, you know, Michigan State has a few things. They were kind of going to get in trouble. Um, they kind of said their aid, I heard their AD department was kind of like a dumpster fire. So mm-hmm. um, long story short, they didn't get them even with the raise and everything. Um, if we go years, it just depends because the one, the one school that I think will always have the trump card um, are kind of like the big, the big joker for, for him, I think is Notre Dame, mm-hmm. but Brian Kelly is doing so well, which is a good thing for UC fans. Is I think, I mean, I don't think he's leaving anytime soon. So, mm-hmm. you know, if Ryan Day goes to the pros, maybe you know, if Ohio State comes calling, you, I mean, I think you can cancel all bets and you know he's gone. Yeah, you, you um, can't blame him for that. Yeah, so those are like the two schools. I think it'll be a couple of other big schools that may come calling, but I don't know if like Texas is that appealing right now even though it's like one of the you know blue blood programs but i mean i feel yeah. like he's doing just as well here you know yep. than there so i, I mean i'll say four i'm gonna go i'm going four years i'm going four years so i feel we get another four and then his son's coming so give, give me four give me four and i, I can't okay. say that don't don't hold me to that you know, don't, I'm, writing don't it, I'm, I'm gonna say four no, years. I'm writing this down. Four <laughs> years. Four years. He got he got Landon coming next year, right? So okay. you should get a, at least three, but I'm going four. I'm going hard four. Okay. I'm gonna I'm writing this down and I'm gonna hold this. This will forever be ever be etched in stone. JT said Luke Fickle here four years, so got it. Now, let's dive okay. into basketball. Obviously what we're here to talk about. Um yep. so let's 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 first start with this. Okay, of course we want to jump into the the crosstown shootout. That's the game everyone's <laughs> talking about. But I, I want to talk about the two games kind of together. Um, 67-55 went over Lipscomb, 77-69 lost to Xavier. So we, we we had a chance to see two different games for the Bearcats. So based on the two games that you watched, 
What's your impression of this team right now? Right now, it's just a team just finding their way. But I mean, they're young. Uh, they do have a good balance, but it's just a lot of new pieces. So honestly, as much as it sucked that they lost to Xavier, I didn't see it going as smoothly as it was going. It was going like and that, take away that last five minutes, which I mean, there's no moral victories. Honestly, mm-hmm. like before. And, you know, I'm a UC fan through and through. I thought Xavier was going to win by 10, which they um, which they pretty much did, but I didn't see yeah. it looking like that. Mm-hmm. So I thought that UC would be chasing Xavier all day and just can't couldn't make the run because, you know, getting the rotations together and X, Y, Z, um, you kind of want them to, you know, protect the paint a lot better for sure. Uh, but – Honestly, I thought Xavier was going to win, but it was going to look a lot more dominant. And it's just like if UC makes their free throws, then, you know, and, you know, I think they're they're good. I think it goes to overtime or they win a regulation, honestly. So, and, and you made a, you just made a good point there. There were a couple things that could have been different. I think things that they could control, like free throws, um, I think the outcome of the game could have been totally different. And to me, yeah. in my perspective, that Xavier win would have been a a great victory because it's tough. I mean, you got to think with COVID-19, this team has been through a lot, you know, shutdowns, you know, guys out, some guys hurt, blah, blah, blah. They haven't had a lot of time together as a complete unit in practice alone. Right. Yeah. There are two parts to this JT. Number one is, you need practice reps together to build that continuity, that, that family feel. And then you need to have game reps to face adversity, you know, because you, you now can tell once you get into an adverse situation, you can tell who, who are the guys you can depend on. What, what situations can I put these guys in? Let's say we're down four. Who can I put in? And I think, yeah. I think Coach Brandon learned some things from both games, specifically the Xavier game. Yeah. But it's it's tough. Like, I feel, and, and you tell me what you think, I feel watching that Xavier game that Brannon on the fly, he's really trying to figure out his rotation. I don't think he knows yet just because they haven't had enough adverse situations. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I totally, totally wholeheartedly agree on that because the rotation was totally different from – you know, from, you know, the Lipscomb game for sure. So, but then in the second half, he did some things to tinker with, you know. So, it was like, you see, like, he, he's had certain people, like, I feel like, you know, Davenport is going to be very important. Um, love, love his love, Yeah, his energy, man, not scared. Like, the dude's not scared of nothing, you know. Mm-hmm. So, like, you, you can't. You can't help but like, like a player like that. Like, he's not scared yep. of the moment. You're not scared of the situation. He's, he's only going to get better. Um I like, you know, Julius, I think he played great in that game. Um, dude, I mean, even in a press conference, I mean, just he was he was pissed like he had been here four years. <laughs> right, um, right. So yep. it was just like, you know, so like seeing something like that, you know, where this guy just transferred in, you're like, all right, you, you kind of, you got to like this, this young man. You know, it's like, dude, he's crying. He didn't want to win that bad. He's crying he lost in a game that they let slip away, you know. So it's like. And he's only been here for what four, four or five months, you know. Yep. So it was like, yeah, like you can't sure. do nothing but root for somebody like that. Um, Keith, you know, 
he did have a – I mean, he started off hot. He had a rough end of the game. But I like – I mean, what he, I like how him and the Julius tried to pick each other up in the press conference, even though it was separate. Those, I mean, for him to be the senior, it showed, like, he took it on the chin. He said, I, I got to play better, you know, and him not to pass the buck, you know. And then he's like, look, I got to check on my guy. It's like, dude, mm-hmm. he's only known the Julius for, what, you know, six, five, you know, four or five months himself. So, it's like, for him to be – not throw anybody under the bus, not try to pass the buck and be like, hey, I own this, this on me, and I'm checking on my guy because, he, you know, he played a heck of a game. Yep. You know, it's like they they are in the right – their mindset's in the right place. You know what I'm saying? So, it's it's going to be interesting because I think now the wild card, because I, I know Zach Harvey has some injuries, he's the wild card, I think, now because he didn't play as much in the crosstown shootouts I thought mm-hmm. he was going to play personally. Um, but – He's he's so talented. I mean, even Brandon said he only practiced like eight or nine times before their first game, mm-hmm. and they had mm-hmm. so many practices. So it's like, yep. you know, stuff like that. So I think once he gets in the rotation and, you know, they have their set things that they – I mean, they have the pieces. It's just now that he has to kind of yeah. tinker with it and see what does what. Because the one thing I do know is the, the rap and vote, Combination against athletic teams aren't going to isn't going to be something they can do for a long period of time. I I totally agree with that. I, let, let, let's 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 touch on that a little bit more. So okay. um, I totally agree with that. So I think that my my opinion is Coach Brandon ran that starting lineup out for the Xavier game, same starting lineup he did for Lipscomb because that was an experienced lineup. You yep. had a mixture of seniors with guys that have played under his system before right yeah. so and i so I, I get that there's a comfort level there and rap yeah. is raps a super high iq guy you know very cerebral player so i get that but i do agree voting rap against certain teams aren't going to work for long periods of time there's got to be a happy diet mixture of putting tari in there mamadou you know what i'm saying just kind of yeah. um you yeah, know mixing they, that up yeah. even you know, and Davenport and going kind of yep. small ball in some ways and, and putting pressure. But I, I think, get your opinion on this too, I think the the trouble that Brandon's going to face is, like you said before, they have a ton of pieces. If yep. you look at the minutes that Mike Saunders, um, Tari gave them, J.D., those guys – they look like they had played in this game before, right? For sure. But, yeah. JV has, but the other guy, they look like. So I feel like they've warranted minutes. So the question then becomes whose minutes are going to get knocked down? Like, yeah. what, how are you going to yeah. balance, you know, all this out? That's his job. That's why Coach Brandon gets paid a lot of money. But yep. that's what he's going to have to figure out for this team to be successful moving forward. Yeah. He's going to have to know, like, which, which you know, how to tinker with it on certain against certain games and certain nights because, like you said, it's like it's so many, you know, barring barring injury, they have so much talent, so much, you know, so many pieces. Man, it's going to be super interesting to see because I, honestly, I think like the the rap vote thing, I think the, the bounce back on that, I think they're going to have to play the five, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I think like they're going to have to do that and they're going to have to just kind of play with like do Tari and JD, depending on how they want to do it and tinker with their minutes. Cause Ethan played very well. He just, I mean, he had led the team in rebounding, you know, in like what, 14 minutes or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, he missed a few bunnies, but at the, I mean, first for him to seek the ball the way he was in that big of a game, 
Um, I mean, he's going to get better at finishing at the rim. He's just that's just his second game, and then oh yeah, um, I like him. I like him a lot. He's got a, a good, lot. He's got attitude too, which I like. Fearless. Yep. Yeah, I like yep. that. You can do a lot. You could tell he can do more than what he's done too. Like I just think him getting comfortable finding his niche and a role on this team is going to be very important. Um, Saunders, I mean, because he played against Lipscomb and he didn't. I mean, he was. He was looking just like a person. Like I played my first game, you know, making some some turnovers, kind of rushing passes. But against Xavier, I don't know if it's because maybe playing against a lot of those those guys in general, or you know, maybe shooting around and playing them on the streets, you know. Um, but the dude looked comfortable. Like in his yeah, in his yeah. minutes, he gave super quality minutes, and pressured the ball well, passed the ball well, and he looked like it was night and day from Lipscomb to you know, Xavier, so it's going to just get even better for him. I mean, everybody, if you're a freshman, you're going to have freshman moments, but um, it's, they, they, they they did nothing that make you, um, you know, be sad about them being on the floor. It wasn't like take them out immediately. You know, it's like, man, those, right. those, these guys look like juniors. Yeah, you know? and, and so, I think one thing that's helped, and I've, I've heard this from a couple of my buddies that play in the NBA, they said that the, the bubble really helped out the young guys mm-hmm. because there was no crowd you take out an element of emotion, right? So yeah. emotion plays a big part in, in sports. And there's, you know, basketball is a game of runs. And runs can be swayed by, you know, a defensive steal, a dunk, the crowd goes crazy, the the team starts to, the other team starts to just get dysfunctional. So the crowd can play yeah. a big part in that. Now, when you look at the bubble, the NBA bubble, and you look at all these guys, you know, Tyler Hero played great and other guys play great that are young but they didn't have that emotional pressure so i think with yeah. the crosstown shootout you look at a you know a saunders a atari and some of those guys that are new to this they didn't have the pressure of that of that crowd you know going crazy not that i mean i don't know it was a home game but still that just adds a whole nother element when you're playing in front of thirteen thousand people yeah for sure going crazy and uh you know, Xavier fans are going to get in there, too. So, it's just like, <laughs> yeah. because, it, I mean, shoot, I was even sitting, the area I was at was like the, I don't know if it's the, the fan, I don't know if it was fans or family, but, I mean, they were rowdy. It was kind of irritating. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> I was like, yeah, you know, well, I'm working or whatever, but I'm like, man, why I got to sit next to these Xavier fans? But, uh, <laughs> that's terrible. But it, so, it, it sucked, man. Especially after I'm like, man, once that once that run hit, I was like, oh my god, I don't even want to look at him right now. But uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, so uh, okay, yeah. Uh, I, I do want to talk about. Um, so Xavier prior to this game had five games, right? And you yes. to UC's one. Um, and I made I made the comment on on Twitter, I, I, and I don't care what anybody says. This is not an excuse. But when you get to the end of a game that's close. And you've had a team, like you look at Xavier, they've played five games this year. The, the the three games of the five games, the three games in the middle, were close games. Yep. Okay? So they had those type of adverse situations. So when they get to the Crosstown shootout, they've, you know, a lot of those guys, even though, you know, some of them might be freshmen, they've been in those situations before, whereas yeah. the Bearcats haven't. For sure. Do you think that, I mean, in your eyes, I know in my eyes, do you think that those five games prior really helped out Xavier? Oh, yeah, man. And it sucks. I mean, it sucks because, you know, we want to beat Xavier and Batman if we play in Batman. You know, so it's just like, 
<laughs> so, like, any sport we want to beat them. You know, like, if they had a football team, you want to beat them by 70. Um, that's, right. That was a dig for sure. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, that's what I said. Like, that's the whole reason I went with Xavier to win the game because they already – because at first, you know, my first thing, all right, who was it? Toledo took them to overtime. And then their first game was at uh, Bradley, I think. They beat them by, like, one or something like that. Um, yeah, don't, Bradley don't hold was another close one. Because they, 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 smashed, they smashed Oakland and they smashed Tennessee Tech. Those were the yeah. two booking games. But the three yeah. in between were all close games. Yeah. Yep. So, like, I think it was Bradley. So, I saw the Bradley game, and I'm like, everybody's talking about Xavier as a Final Four team. And I'm like, I don't see it. But then I watch UC play um, – the Lipscomb game, and I was like, oh, the crowd, not having the crowd made more of a difference than I expected mm-hmm. because the football, I mean, just the crossover, the football team, I think it took a couple of games for them to get used to it, but they still played with that juice that I, that was expected. And I think they got over it quicker than the basketball team did. But, they, you know, at the end of the second half, they kind of got their flow. But it's like you said, they've been in those situations Xavier had they already had five games. This was only UC's second game, and it was, you know, the biggest non-conference game of the season for them. And, right. then, you know, you got all these, what, seven new players all together, you know, only, what, three, no, four people really from the rotation from last year, really? I think mm-hmm. four, four, um, maybe five, four, yeah, say four. So um, it, I knew it was going to be interesting. So that's what made me – what makes this game – why everybody's probably so ticked off is the way the way you see lost, but you could tell at the end of the game Xavier was more comfortable in that situation because they already had experienced it. It's kinda of like mm-hmm. experience is the best teacher. And yep. you know, you know, I could tell like Keith might have been pressing a little bit because he was you know, he's the senior, he's the one that's been here, you know, yep. had the most on his plate and I think at the end that's kind of what happened. I think, you know, hopefully if he gets in that situation again, you know, I think he'll be better. I think he's gonna grow from it. You know, in which you know, I think the Julius is going to be another person that can handle that, also. So you know, it's um, we learned a lot about the team, and then it's just that Xavier had that experience, man. And people think it as a cop out just because they lost, but I mean, it's, it's a legit, legit reason. It's a fact. I mean, yep. And, and I think it I think most Xavier, I think most Xavier, you know, people, not 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 necessarily Xavier fans, but people within yeah. Xavier's circle that know the game will will admit to that. Now. Now moving forward, um, for for the Bearcats' success, they play Furman coming up, and then hopefully they play Tennessee, and we'll we'll kind of jump into that situation. But okay. looking moving forward, um, there are a couple things I see that need to happen for the Bearcats' success. We talked about vote and rap, and you know, kind of trying to find a happy diet with those guys in the game. Yeah. But I think David DeJulius's um, leadership. Um, I think he has to step in and be that vocal and emotional leader because we lost a lot with Trey Scott. I mean, Trey Scott, we're not going to realize. I mean, I think everybody knows how important Trey Scott was last year, but I think in the years to come, we're really going to look at Trey Scott in a different light going, wow, that dude was amazing. His conditioning, his his leadership, both um, from from a vocal standpoint, from a you know, uh, just leading by example, he, he, he did it all. So yeah, with him being gone and, you know, Jaron being gone, there's two guys that I see for this team to be successful moving forward have to be at a high level. 
That's David Julius from a leadership standpoint and Keith Williams from a standpoint of being that go-to guy consistently. Yeah, I definitely agree because, like you said, Trey was everything for that team. You know what I mean? So, like, it's stuff that you can't – it's not on the stat sheet, you know, like – He's just that guy, like, he's always holding people accountable. He's that – he's just vocal. Like, Keith isn't a super vocal person. He's just like – He's not. He's not. He's not. That's just not his personality. Like, if you talk mm-hmm. to Keith, you know, he's a real quiet. He's going to work hard. You know, definitely probably – he's going to cheer people up and on, but he's not like the rah-rah type of dude. Like, that's not him. Right. But you can see that Julius has that – has that personality, that characteristic trait. So, it's, it's going to be on him to be kind of like the baby, the baby Trey Scott, <laughs> since he's the point guard, the smaller <laughs> yeah, guy, sure. you know what I mean? Um, I mean, he does, I mean, he's a bulldog, you know, on the court. So I think he's going to be the guy that has to do it. Um, I can see like Davenport being that, growing into that guy, but he's, yeah, you, know, his, I, you can see that, you know, just, but I, with the Julius playing so much, he's going to have to be the one because, Yep, he's you got know, barring something crazy, he's got the ball in his hand. He's gonna have to be that guy because he's gonna play thirty minutes, barring you know yep. foul trouble a game. Yep. So, one hundred percent. He's the guy. So, so looking totally at looking on that. Yep, looking looking forward. Um, the Bearcats on Wednesday will play Furman, who's four and zero. People often see the name Furman and then go, "Okay, that's a rollover <laughs> game. We'll, we'll beat them easy." But it's not going to be an easy game. Nope. Um, Coach Brandon's going to have those guys ready. If we remember last year, here's a great example. Going to that Colgate game, many people said, <laughs> like, hey, Bearcat fans, this Colgate team can beat the Bearcats, and they beat us. Yeah, So definitely. I want to say the same thing for this Furman team who's 4-0 and right now. They're very well coached, have some great players. And one guy on Furman's staff for a long time had been at Xavier. So he's very familiar, you know, with the Bearcats the Bearcat program, so they've got some intel there. Um, so that Furman game is going to be interesting. Also, and, and looking forward to the weekend, the Bearcats are scheduled to play Tennessee, but I don't know if you've seen, Tennessee hasn't played a game yet. Isn't that right? No, I think so, or like one or something. Like It's something real low. Like It's bad. Like Haven't they canceled like two weeks worth of games? They, they've canceled a lot of games. And, in fact, the, I think the next game they're supposed to play during the week is on. But like another game after that's can't it's it's so weird. I don't I don't I don't know what's going I, I don't even know if that game that the Bearcats have with them will even be played. Who knows? Yeah. But yes. Let's let's hope so because that would suck to have both basketball and football canceled for the weekend. Yeah, definitely. Because it's supposed to be back to back, so it's supposed to be a real good Bearcats Saturday. Oh, and I would have been a know. great a great Saturday. Let me ask you your your opinion. Um, and this is so hard to tell. So normally, like last year when I did this podcast, what I did was, JT, I always looked at like a three-game stretch. So when I was doing my, you know, breakdown of the Bearcat team on the podcast, I talk about the three games we just watched, and then I talk about the next three games we're about to play. So I, I broke it down into kind of many seasons. Okay. But this year is so different because there's no promise that they'll play, no. No. you know, three more games. <laughs> It's it so is. crazy. So do you think – well, one, do you think we'll make it through an entire college basketball season without it being shut down or just crazy stuff happening? It's going to – okay, I look at it like this. I think we'll make it. I hope we make it. It'll be crazy. Like, I feel like we'll have so many games postponed and readjusted. Mm-hmm. I hope once they get into the conference play, 
you know, that it gets a little cleaner for them. But it's going to be interesting because numbers are just rising, like, out of this world right now. Um, I know. But, uh, you know. know, stuff is starting to change. So, uh, hopefully, you know, the vaccines are strong and can can alleviate, alleviate a lot of this stuff and get everybody kind of back to semi-normalness. But uh, it, it's going to be interesting, man, because you see how football is ending and basketball starts right at the end of football. And they're not even the sad. The crazy thing is football's outside, so you have a little bit more leeway. Yeah, basketball's enclosed, so yep. it's it's crazy. And plus, you know, just in general, man, just think about it. you're eighteen to twenty three, roughly, in college on campus. It's tough, man. I, I can't. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you have to really keep those players engaged with not going to certain places, doing things staying away from, you know, basically areas where they could be exposed to it yeah. or exposed to people that have it, the contact tracing and all that stuff. It's yeah. crazy. But, JT, looking at this, so looking at this season, we just don't know how it's going to, um, you know, how, how it's going to uh, end. But if you look at last year with Coach Brandon kind of going through what he went through with uh, the, the death of his father, you know, he kind of had to turn over a, a, a new roster, um, your best player coming back, Jaron Cumberland, and him kind of butted heads in some ways. They, they finally yeah. came to an agreement. They met it. They met, you know, in the middle of the road. We mm-hmm. figured some things out. But you know, the yeah. death of his father, and then you've got right when they're starting. I think they're really peak. The conference tournaments canceled, and then going into this season, you're dealing with this, you know, COVID nineteen. Brandon's kind of had a rough start, you know, to his coaching career with the Bearcats, and it's sad because just knowing coach Brandon as well as I do knowing his business plan for this program, I think he's going to be an excellent coach for a long time for the Cincinnati Bearcats. I want to get your impression of coach Brandon to this point and also where you see this Bearcat basketball program going in the future. Yeah, man, that's just a piggyback on what you said. Like I like coach Brandon a lot. I like him at NKU, like his brand of basketball, I love how he's recruiting, man. It's just that he's yeah. got a raw deal on <laughs> normal normalcy. Like, you know, like a normal yeah. thing <laughs> is not normal right now. Like he can't, you know, recruit like normal. He can't, you know, practice like normal. So it's like then, you know, he had this super, super great non-conference schedule that was supposed to happen this year uh-huh. that it's still been – I mean, he still did a heck of a job piecing the five games he did piece together. But – I mean, he had a – I mean, Louisville, you know, it was, I mean, just imagine, you know, fifth third would have been rocking, you know. So, it's like – For sure. It's crazy, like, just because, you know, certain stuff is just kind of handicapped him, per se. Um, and I think they're going to be fine, man. I just think, you know, we just got to get – COVID is just kind of – it's the equalizer right now. We have to get through COVID. Hopefully, you know, you know, it, we alleviate it where it's just, you know – a common code where we can control it, you know, and the people can live normal lives. Cause yep. I think he's getting a, you know, a raw end of the deal because, you know, he hasn't beat Xavier. So that's people are going to pound him about yep. that. But I think, yep. you know, you owe to, but at the end of the day, I, I, I truly believe if you see had a couple more games under their belt, they come out and win by seven. I, but, I, I, I agree. I think, you know, they do. So I, just, I truly do, man. Like nothing can like, the way the game went, even without that, not without them being in that situation, it went 
it went too not too smooth, but it went way better than I expected. Like, like that yeah. was crazy. I know I sound like a um, person of you know, like, whoa, they'll be better tomorrow type of deal. But I mean, it's true. So it's like mm-hmm. you got to roll with it. But I think he's he's moving them in the right direction. He's he's trying to get people in the local area at least offering yeah. you know, which Man. I love. You know, huge. Um, it's huge. Like, okay, like, you got all this talent around. You got to offer them. Even if we don't get them, you got to offer them, man. So, you know what? And that's, a, that's, a, that's a great point because if you look at college basketball right now and you look at a lot of young people that are out there playing for other college basketball teams that are from our area, and man. I'm like, if they were just on the Bearcats, even some like Miles McBride. Dude. Bruce McBride for West Virginia. He is a he will be a pro in the NBA, and that kid Dude. was right here in the backyard. Backyard, right You're, here. Backyard, backyard. Just think about it. I mean, just think about it. Who else? Um, your guy. Well, I know you know him real good. That play the point guard for uh for Louisville. Just scratch. Oh, Carly Jones. Yeah. Don't get me don't get me started on that because I told the Bearcats coaching staff. I said, you have to offer this kid Carleek. Yeah. And I was told that they felt he couldn't play for the Bearcats at that time. This is when Carleek was at Aiken. Yeah. And I said, I'm telling you, this kid is Chris Paul. He's, I said, he's going to develop. He's going to grow. You want this kid. Like, I'm yeah. at the ground level watching him. And um, they passed on him. Matter of fact, yeah. I know Carleek's dad real well. UC never even contacted him during that recruiting process, which was very disappointing. You look at Adam yeah. Kunkel who's playing for Xavier, Sean yeah. McNeil, who's playing for West Virginia, Jackson Hayes, who's in the NBA right now, uh, is on record for saying he was never offered by Cincinnati. Never. Yeah, and I don't crazy. mean to, like, push down on Mick Cronin and that staff, but I will say the, a lot of kids in, these er- in this area, they need to be at UC Games, absorbing the culture, being offered. Whether they come here or not, yeah. they need to be engaged. You yeah. agree? Definitely. Like, I, at the end of the day, I feel like, okay, if you don't get them, okay, that's cool, but you have to shoot your shot. Like, you, you can't do. make a shot if you don't. You know, if you don't shoot, you can't You can't score, right? That's the that's the, that's the goal of the game. So, no question. with all these ballers, like, you know, like Jackson Hayes, man, you got to put a flyer out on that kid. Like, just in case. What what if what if Texas says, you know what, we, we got somebody else that's, a little bit better than you, and he's going to be taking your your minutes. Because essentially, they, they didn't even think Jackson was going to be playing his freshman year. They thought he was just going to be I, kind of almost like a red shirt. I know, I know. And you know, boom, he's what top ten pick. So it's like, dude, you had a top ten pick in your house that you could have been just like grooming. Hey, come on, man, come on with us. We're ready. I know. Just, let's let me know when you want to sign. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you no gotta try. You gotta try. Because I mean, if essentially say Jackson doesn't go to the NBA. He goes to Texas. He doesn't like it. Okay. He's like, man, they lied to me. They didn't really tell me the truth. Maybe. And if he comes to the portal, he's like, you know what? UC was giving they me a lot me. of love. I'm coming back. I'm coming I'm back coming. home. Right. Yeah. No, no, no question. There's so much so, talent in the greater Cincinnati area. So much, you know, so and, much. and listen, I think one of the issues that we faced is, you know, we're in a football state. Ohio is a football state. Yeah. Um, and football, if you go and look at the NFL, there are tons of guys that are in the NFL who have either come out of the state of Ohio from a high school standpoint or have come out of an Ohio college. Like, we've yeah. got to be top three in the NFL. And so 
football gets a lot of the press, but I'm telling people like Baisley and Jackson Hayes were top 25 picks in the same draft from our area. And yeah. we'll have more guys, Carleek, Deuce McBride. These guys could be, you know, I know Deuce will be a pro. Hopefully Carleek will be a pro. There's just so much talent. We've got to, and, and coach, what I love about coach Brandon, he's really drawn a circle around the greater Cincinnati area. And he's like, yeah. we're the best players and we got to get them here. Yeah, definitely. Because, I mean, this talent is there. Just like you said, man, you got two people that got drafted in the first round that were within, what, 10 miles of each other playing high school basketball? Princeton and Mola. Crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, you could literally – I mean, it's 10 miles – like, 10-minute drive. You know, like, 15 times with – No question. That doesn't happen in our area that much, and it didn't happen that year. You know what I mean? It's just – yeah. But this, in general, like, you got a lot of people that, even if they don't make it to the NBA, you got a lot of pro ballers coming from this area. And that's even, I mean, you're getting paid to play something you love, you know? So, mm-hmm. it's like, so it's crazy. I mean, it's it's, it's here. So, it's just got to, you got to just grab the players, man. They're there. Yep. They're there for the put taking. A, <laughs> yep, put a circle around that. So, you got yeah. me all fired up. We're going to continue this on your podcast. But when I come on your podcast, you know, we're gonna we're gonna talk about all this, whatever you wanna talk about, but we gotta talk about shoes too. When I come oh, on your for sure. podcast. Cool. That that sounds like a plan. You, you know we gotta do that. So um okay, a couple things before we get out of here. One, um I'm not sure if I'm coming to a UC game this year or not. Um I'm I'm just not sure with all the COVID stuff going on. Um okay. if I do, we gotta do a vlog. Oh, for sure. Um you know, at the at the at the arena like we did last time, and then make sure you reach out to me about the podcast. I'll be happy to come on and, and talk about the Bearcats. Sound good? Yeah, sound like a plan. JT, I appreciate you coming on, man. Appreciate your time, man, and keep doing your thing. And, and uh, shout out how, again, how people can um, get your content in your social media. All right. So we're going to run through this again. Hit up, go to thefrontofficenews.com. That's where all of the main stuff is at. Hit me up at Front Office News on Instagram and Twitter. And then mm-hmm. my personal on Twitter is underscore JT underscore Smith. So that's it. There you go, brother. Hey, man, I appreciate it. We'll definitely do it again uh, later in the season. All right, man. Have a good one. All right, you too. Thanks, JT. No problem. Yep. Bye. I want to thank everyone for listening to season two of The bearcat basketball podcast once again you can follow me on social media i'm on twitter and instagram at alex underscore meacham meacham spelled m-e-a-c-h-a-m i'm also on facebook and linkedin alex meacham on snapchat big meach 41 and i'm now dancing on tiktok at alex meacham 41 i appreciate everyone listening to the bearcat basketball podcast go bearcats